Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now, Miss Marvel, I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about Miss Marvel episode five, time and again. So if you haven't checked mm. it out on Disney Plus, please do because we're going to spoil it right now. But please brief do. bit of recap after the cliffhanger: the last episode, we jump even further back in time to meet Aisha, as well as her husband, see the origin of the story about partition and the trail of stars. And as you may have guessed, it actually ties into Kamala herself, who what? ends up providing that trail of stars and then we jump back to the present where some big stuff goes down as Naja actually dies sealing the rift to the Norwich dimension. Oh, yes, I yeah. said I said spoiler right at the beginning. So Yeah, I know, yeah. but that was just kind of a big crazy. spoiler. Yeah. All of this is spoilers, Pete. Every single thing that I've been saying here. <laughs> so she dies and sends her power to Cameron at the last second. He teams up with Bruno and then seemingly damage control blows them up at the end of the episode. So R.I.P. Cameron and Bruno, that's where we leave the episode. Sad to see them both together mm-hmm. go down, you know? Yeah. But at least they died doing what they loved, being in an apartment. Yeah, Having exactly. a slightly awkward conversation with each other. <laughs> exactly. So let's talk about this episode. This is a big one, and for at least half of it, a big format-breaking one. Pete, take it away. Yeah, just uh, just want to, before we get too ahead of ourselves, you know, and then I have to say back up the truck. First off, sick Marvel flip, bro. Just bananas. Just really just old school tie-in that then turns into this fun, like old school newsreel. I really enjoy the creativity that they're using not only with every piece of the show and every part of everything, including the Marvel flip, but just, uh, I think it's just such a a breath of fresh air uh, and uh, so enjoyable and a fun way to start the app. Pete, how are you going to take away the moment when you say back up the truck? Like everyone comes to me and they're like, I'm waiting for him. I'm at home. And I say it with him back up the truck. And here now (laughs) they're missing that huge, opportunity I'm, I'm sorry a lot of people listen to the podcast in their truck and they're so like another thing this is the one and only time i'll allow us to actually talk about the marvel flip because like you said yes it does go into this old school newsreel we get old-timey footage they really doubled down on that premium iMovie filter there for the opening of the episode mm. but yes. the other thing i don't think this was in previous episodes but it was definitely here It seems like they started mixing in the Disney Plus characters into the Marvel flip as well. I only got a quick glimpse. I haven't gone back and like frame by frame, but Moon Knight was in there right at the end. Oh, yeah. Moon Knight's in there. He was in there before, too. Oh, was he? Okay. I missed it before. It's surprising given you talk about the Marvel flip every episode that you've never mentioned that. No, I did. Pete, you're a roving reporter on the Marvel flip. I snuck it in in the last episode. It's in there. It's a Disney Easter egg. But, But while we're allowed to talk about the Marvel flip, let's Let's oh, really God. talk about it. No, because... that was probably the maximum. No, that was no, it. I no, think we've no, reached no, the You limit. open the fucking floodgates, my friend. What's the great is gates. it starts with the comics. You know what I mean? Which is the whole reason we're all here. So that's what's beautiful about the Marvel flip is it's not, you know, it's it's paying homage to the way that we got here. It's a, just an acknowledgement for people who've given up their entire lives to comic books to kind of really enjoy themselves for a couple seconds before something magical starts so i think it's really important that they do it right and i'm so happy that the show is paying homage to where it needs to be paid homage that's great i I, want to spend another 10 to 15 minutes talking about the marvel flip but would it be okay with you pete if we talk about some other content in the episode maybe beyond the first 30 seconds or so real quick 
Real quick, I want to I just put out there a vision I just had of Pete in about 20 years having that same conversation with a guy that re- replenishes the apples in the produce section of his grocery store. <laughs> so shouts to that. Shouts to that poor guy as he listens to this Marvel flip thought, rant for the hundredth time. I thought it was just a great transition from the Marvel flip uh, old timey styles to the newsreel that is also kind of the same hue and color. Uh, uh, I thought mm-hmm. it was just a, a just super creative and uh, a fun way to get everybody on the same page. Because the flip, I get it. All right, we're moving on. Justin, what did you think about this episode? What were your big takeaways? Uh, as a whole, I mean, th- I'm gonna. I like it. I like that it was different to start with this sort of newsreel and go back in time. We're hearing this story the sort of actual nuts and bolts version of it that we've only heard the legend of. It brings us to this moment. I like some of the thematic stuff that came out of that. But then I think we have the same situation I was talking about last episode where Marvel series have too much stuff. Like, I wish we could have really gotten into Kamala's head a little bit more when she was, like, going back in time. What it felt to her, we got a nice moment where she was like, oh, I'm the hero, Um, that I've always imagined here. And I love that. I thought that was really cool. But then we're off on on to all the other stuff that feels like has to be jammed in here. And I thought the first couple episodes of the show took the time to really let the creativity and um, a lot of the sort of way they told the story blossom and, and show off in a cool way. And we've lost so much of that for the sake of like getting all this stuff done. So I just missed that a little bit, but I'm, I'm still enjoying it. Come on, man. That flashback episode where we got to see some meat cutes. I mean, this is important stuff. This is our whole family. I'm not saying I I love a witness. Uh, I love all that. You sounded like we were fast forwarding through all of it. No, we got to see it felt a little bit like that. Well, here, let me let me throw this out here, because I overall really enjoyed this episode. I got choked up several times. I continue to love this cast. I think they're wonderful. And both halves of the episode, I think, were nicely done in and of themselves. But this episode gets to like a little bit of a pet peeve that I have with streaming shows in particular, a little less with broadcast shows because I think they're under uh, other types of restrictions. But going back to like the dawn of streaming, there is this opportunity to break the format of television, to not just have 42-minute episodes, 22-minute episodes, and that's it. And most of the time, the way that's been taken by streaming is like, great, we can do 59-minute episodes now. And a lot of times, not all of the times, but a lot of times that feels stretched out. It feels slower. The pace is not quite up there. I don't think that at all is a problem with Miss Marvel, but I do think this episode gets to a very specific thing that's frustrating to me is like when you are on streaming and you can do a shorter episode or a different length episode, you have a real opportunity to break the format here and that they spent 20 ish minutes back in the day on Karachi showing these events leading up to Kamala and where she was. Love that. I love them doing that. I thought it was wonderful. I thought it was really yeah. well done. Like Pete is saying, really beautiful romantic comedy is probably too strong, but certainly romance movie between these two characters, showing the origins, filling in a lot of gaps. I thought that was really smart and brave. And to me, if the episode had ended with Kamala falling back out of time and you see that portal opened and Naja says the veil has been lifted, that's an awesome episode and a total oh shit cliffhanger that would have me like 
foaming at the mouth for the next episode. Like, what is going to happen here? And instead, we got another part of the episode that I thought was really good and I really enjoyed and there were some big moves. But there's an opportunity to do something really special there. And whether it's because of TV production schedules or budgets or how they can work these things out, it just doesn't happen that often. And it's a little bit of a bummer to me. Okay, whatever, executive producer Zalbin. Before I, you... I, I, I know you're about to like launch into your "Can I just enjoy things?" and really, Pete, like three times a week, <laughs> three times a week, we have a discussion about how critical analysis works, and I can't keep doing this for the rest of my. Well, life. great. I, I just <laughs> continue to know that I'm not going to change, and you don't have to change. And let's enjoy. I do talking change. About I things. respond to stuff. Okay, Please whatever. change, Pete. Never. So my point is like. If you're going to blow up a character at the end of the episode, I think it was super important that they get their name right before you murder them. So I'm sorry that Mm. they had that little moment there, but I very much enjoyed it and thought it was a great ending. Um, I can understand your points and what you're saying, but uh, let's not gloss over some really amazing stuff. I mean, first off, the knife throwing in this episode that we got here was just such a fun way to start an episode. Somebody's running for their life. They have a gun. You think they're in trouble. Classic turn and knife throw. I mean, just wow. What? So just so that's hard so to do. Enjoyable. It's yeah. hard to do. Cause you got to get super it to hard flip. to do. You got to yeah. get to flip around and you got to know like, yeah, exactly. The distance and uh, the release point. So uh, really impressive, but it was oh, one of those wow. things where we talked about the mom so much that it was really good to kind of sit in uh, the, you know, get to see the mom, get to see how she acted, how she Aisha, walked. You know? Aisha. Yeah. 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 Great grandma. Just, Great grandma. Right. Uh, just super, super fun. And then the moment where the, the grandma was like, I've told you this family has been magical for years was hysterical. Just uh, such a great, great. Like episode. I said, I think both parts of the episode worked and I don't know necessarily that it would have made sense to split that second 20 minutes out into its own episode, or obviously I haven't seen the finale, so I don't know if you can necessarily append it there or anything like that. I do love the big moves of opening up the portal now and killing off Naja. Naja, I think is how they pronounced it in the episode. Yeah. So uh, I was getting it wrong. Najma, I think. Najma? I apologize. Uh, but uh, so big moves there, it definitely raises some question marks in my mind in terms of oh, I guess damage control is the ultimate enemy here, or maybe Cameron, now that he has these powers, kind of unclear. Uh, I guess we'll see how that plays out. Um, But overall, I think, like, just to talk about them as different parts, because they are very much different parts, um, I don't know if we're necessarily qualified to do this, but how do you think they work the historical fact into the emotional truth of the episode, at least in that first half? Justin? I liked it. Again, uh, it felt I, I just wanted more time with all of it. To your point, Alex, like if this was the 20 minutes was a standalone episode or if even they were able to just extend that out a little bit and make that the full episode where we got to know these characters a little bit more. Like, I feel like we got a good sort of sense of Aisha and her journey here. But um, Hassan, uh, we didn't really know his deal too much and the fact that you know they we sort of like they're they're barely meeting each other and they sort of like do a quick little cool 
tuck in time editing move and suddenly they're having she's pregnant and they're having sauna which i thought was cool but i'm gonna be like i love these characters are super interesting i love this world the rose garden it felt like it was a nice just romance short story i would have liked to have more with it um and then contrasting that with uh their sort of everything closing in on them and then their race through the uh packed train station was was great and stressful uh as hell um I also would have liked to see just Kamala in this world a little bit more to see what she, not just her getting that sort of one frame of these characters. I mean, she only saw Aisha for like truly her death. If there was just another moment where she could have seen these little things, I thought that would have been cool. And it would have set her up as like, um, I'm the hero I've been waiting for a little bit more than her just sort of being there, making some light platforms and then and stars and out of there. My guess while I was watching it, and I'll call out something else. I don't know if listeners have necessarily checked this out, but we've certainly read it a bunch. There's a issue of Lock and Key where we travel back in time and fill in a lot of information back in the Revolutionary War with these characters. And it turns out the two of our main characters have been watching everything that's been going on the entire time as not exactly ghosts, but they're not visible to anybody there. I thought that's what was going to be happening this episode, that Kamala was going to be walked through this. I don't mind that it didn't go that way, but to your point you're making, I think that would have been interesting in terms of illuminating more of this family history for her and walking her through this thing so that she understands where she comes from and where she's potentially going. The other thing that I'll throw out there, and I don't feel qualified at all to talk about this, like we mentioned in the last episode, uh, certainly as a non-Pakistani podcaster or anything, um, but I would be very curious to read uh, Pakistani writers writing about how they felt about how the partition was depicted this episode. The main thing that was going through my mind, and this is without drawing a delineation either direction, but uh, something that was talked about a lot in the past year or two, or probably, I guess, like three years at this point, was the Tulsa massacre back in the 1920s, specifically because of the way that it was depicted and people thought it was harrowing and depicted the right way at the beginning of Watchmen, the HBO series. And then you contrast that with another HBO show, Lovecraft Country, which also did the Tulsa massacre, and it didn't work quite as well. And the delineation there was because with Watchmen, they were hitting you with it hard. They were tying into the story and the tying into the themes. And Lovecraft Country was already kind of getting wobbly in terms of the plot when they got there and sort of used it more as a backdrop, uh, sort of like, hey, here we are at the Tulsa massacre. So... Again, not having a personal tie to partition like most families, I assume, who have ancestors or grew up themselves in Pakistan or India do. I can't necessarily speak to that, but I wonder where on that spectrum it lies, if at all. Yeah, um, I agree with you because I do think, especially the way they started the episode with so much sort of historical context, I thought we were going to get sort of more of an understanding of what it was. But I think by the time we got to the train station, it was just about the chaos. And it wasn't, we don't know exactly whatever. We didn't see anyone else's faces, essentially, except for the characters that we already knew. And it felt like if we sort of saw almost little like mini stories of what was happening to these people and how they were also being torn apart or fleeing Mm -hmm. for their lives and all of that, I think it would have sort of paid off the historical context that they set up at the top. 
Yeah, I don't know. The other thing that was going through my mind while I was watching this is I don't know how hard you can go on a Marvel show that's playing on Disney Plus, you know, just in terms of actual the harrowing or horrifying nature of historical fact, like going over to something that I, I do feel much more knowledgeable about and understanding about if like we were talking about with Moon Knight, if they really delved into like the Holocaust or something like that. Again, I don't know how I would have necessarily felt if they like hit that really hard or if they could have hit that really hard in the right way. Um, I also don't know if that's necessarily a comp, to be honest, in terms of the Holocaust and the partition. Uh, but in terms of the partition clearly being a very important period in history for a lot of families. Again, I, I know we're talking about it a lot for saying we're not qualified to talk about it, but it was just things that was going through my mind while I was watching. Ultimately, though, what I do think is successful, regardless about that in terms of the historical fact, is emotionally how the characters were treated. Pete, you were calling out a lot of them. Were there some moments in particular with the characters that struck you harder than others? Well, what I really appreciate about this show and uh, kind of what we're seeing from its characters is, uh, you know, nobody's all good or bad or, or kind of like this kind of bad person who, you know, stabs Aisha. Uh, our, the, our main character was still able at the end to convince her what she was doing was wrong. And, you know, it might have seemed a little rushed, but I felt like it was kind of earned where she was like what are you doing you know you you know you can just go back for him you can go back and uh and and do the right thing and you know we had this kind of her let go of this kind of evil plan that she's been kind of doing for most of every time we've seen her and the fact that um you know uh, she was able to reach her at this huge point and she kind of does you know, close up or what we assume is close up the kind of, uh, you know, world the between, uh, yeah, the veil, the world between, uh, the, you know, the, the portal between two worlds. And so I was really happy with that. It wasn't like fighting till the end. It wasn't like, you know, uh, fuck your world. I'm just going to uh, get to mine. It was, I thought it was a really interesting and emotional choice to kind of like be able to reach somebody uh, at that time. So I was uh, kind of happy with the, uh, the emotions that we're seeing from these people. Well, but see, that's where I wish we got more because like the, the Najma clandestine thing, like they're a family too, right? They're a group that left their homeland beyond the veil and came mm -hmm. here and they're just trying to get home. So there's a way to tell that story with a little bit more sympathy. Sure, they're being violent and they're, uh, they've gone too far to try to get back and they don't care who they hurt to get there. Right. But at the end of the day here, Najma sacrifices her life for uh to give the power we don't know what it means yet to give the power to cameron um but like if we could have gotten seen her a little bit rather than just stabbing aisha to really drive that home because we got such a great version of that for kamala's family about like look our family is together the legend isn't exactly right but it's more important that we are people that, that are coming together here and that's what it felt like Najma was trying to do, but just from the other side mm. of good and evil. Um, and then she sacrifices herself in a way where I think we're supposed to be sympathetic to her, but right. we just don't, we just don't know enough about the situation, I think, to be like, to really feel that, the emotion that you're talking about, Pete. 
Well, I think it's one of those things where, yeah, maybe, you know, obviously it would have been nice to have more time with different characters and different times for sure. But the fact that like we have this character who we thought was bad and evil at the most important time in her life, make the correct decision and do the right thing. Uh, it gives you hope and it, it's a kind of a interesting twist on how things happen moving forward and what that means for Cameron because we cut to him and he was like, no way she would leave me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And she's sitting there with Bruno who's like, yo man, I've been alone for a minute. So it was like yeah. uh, interesting besides the name thing, the fact that these people- I think his name's people... Brian. I'm pretty sure his name's no, Brian. Yeah, the no, character's name Brian. No, no. Brian but is I, I think is. I think it's interesting how much these characters have in common and like to kind of see them realizing that in that moment before they died was uh was powerful i don't, I don't think they died <laughs> no, just so man. we're clear i don't know how if you know how explosions work but if you're above something that explodes you're probably going to fall into the flames mm -hmm. particularly and, uh, if die. one of the characters seems to have powers that can protect them using some sort of crystalline energy structure mm. i think that's it for brian and the other guy it's yeah. bruno <laughs> i did I, it was very surprising to me that we didn't get Najma, Najma, I guess, I uh, possessing Cameron, which is what I thought was going on there, like going inside of his body and being like, ah, I'm going to use my son's body for evil now or something like that. Maybe we'll still get that, but that didn't seem to be what was going on at all in that scene with Bruno. And I like that kind of positive twist, even though, again, not sure what it necessarily means for the finale. Um What'd you guys think about um, the way the veil uh, rocked and boned everybody? Very Indiana Jones to me, that whole well, thing. I, I, I was like, how does that I'm work? sorry, did you say rocked and boned? It rocked him up and then it boned him down. And I wow. was, didn't know how that worked as an evil energy force. The veil's a-rockin', bones a-knockin'. That's what I always say. Wow. wow. Right, and that's from the comics, right, Alex? What yeah, yeah. that's from the Marvel Comics source material. I just want to, I want to, I would love to, you know, kind of be behind the scenes when they were like, all right, what are we going to do here? What's it going to do to people? And somebody was like, rock and bone is what should yeah, happen. Rock them up and bone them down. Well, that's what it does. Like when she walks up, when the, the first uh, member of the clandestine walks up there, rocked and bone. And then I don't know how Najma seems to have a more of a sense of it. She like is able to close the portal. Well, her eyes power So it seems like Gamera. she was, you know. Yeah. In the midst of her getting rocked and boned. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure how that I works. Mean, I you're... hope we get like a lengthy explanation in the next episode. That would be nice. I think it's 100%. one of those things where, you know, like if you're going to go, they say drowning is peaceful, but rocked and boned mm -hmm. seems like a fun way to go, too. I mean, not to stick with this, yeah. but I would love if there's a scene in the next episode where they explain what happens and then Bruno uses science to talk about it and then somebody says, English, please. And he's like, Rocked boat. They're like, oh, okay, thanks. I love that bit. That's oh, that would that would be fun. That'd really pay off this very conversation. <laughs> <laughs> the I love that effect. I do think I do think essentially what was going on there was like a dark version of the energy that Kamala is using, right? Like yeah. she has this glowy bisexual colored energy, but. Uh, what we're getting there is just sort of like dark and evil. Uh, I've seen a couple of people call out that it looks like Terra Genesis the way that they did it on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and other places, yeah. which maybe there's a nod there. Well, maybe. and that goes to the larger question, like, are we really so 
clandestine has nothing to do with anything, it seems like. We haven't explored that any further. And I'm just surprised by that. I thought this would connect a little bit further out to some more of the Marvel Universe. I uh, I got to be honest here. I thought for sure we wouldn't get this deep before we talked about the important thing that happened in this episode. And that's like when a mom finds out about a new iPhone feature uh, feature and just really blows their mind. Do you know what I mean? Of like, you know, something yeah. they could have been doing the whole time to make their lives easier. And it was right there. You know, the old find my friend on the iPhone was such a fun revelation. I loved Kamala's mom this episode. She is delightful and adorable. I'm very much enjoying watching her. And I also, while we're talking about this, we'll get back to the clandestine thing in a second. It's clandestine, isn't it? Why are we saying it? Yes, clandestine. In the comics, it's clandestine. In here, it's Ah. clandestine or the unseen or gin. Which, by the way, as a little side note, I have seen a couple of Desi writers take exception to that and using the gin idea. Uh, feeling like it's a little bit of a cheat, a little easy, and plays on unfortunate stereotypes. Um, so I don't want to step on that. I'm just mentioning that well, in terms of the podcast. And, and I, I thought that as well, just from an outsider perspective, it feels like a weird gesture when we don't need like you just said, like you listed like four things that they're called. And I'm like, you could just go with one. We don't need mm-hmm. four different. <laughs> Why do they have uh, that many things? They're from Beyond the Veil, they're clandestine, they're clandestine. Like, yeah. I mean, there's definitely more there. There seems to be an army in the Nord dimension that Kamala saw in, I want to say, the first or second episode. I don't remember which one. So potentially we go back to that. The other thing in terms of a tie, we already saw a tie to the Ten Rings organization, which also in terms of the flashback, I thought we were going to see tied up a little more this episode. Like, I thought we were going to flash back to that scene and start weaving everything together. Um, but I guess not. Maybe that's for a post credit scene or something like that where... Shang-Chi shows up and is like, we got to form a bracelet Avengers or something. Something I want to get back to that you said, Alex, uh, the, the, mo- the mom was great, but the, yeah, the, the grandma, like just the moments where the family came together and had that kind of group hug was just uh, really magical. And, you know, we you're kind that of... light girl. What they called it. you're that light girl. Our family's magical. Oh, right. Yeah. So I just think it was just, uh, what? how dare you beautiful uh, uh, way to kind of like reveal that the mom was also a rebel and like, you know, uh, you know, re- re- besides the fact that like people are chipping their dogs or whatever that kind of line was, was a little creepy. But I think that like to see this, we family- you. I feel weird saying this now, but we chipped you. <laughs> when you left New York, we were like, yeah, we got to chip him. He's going to get lost out there. Yeah. Yeah, well, now we can I, find you at any cheesesteak restaurant in Philly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's uh, it's crazy. It's easy. We don't even need the chip, honestly. We just call them yeah. old fashioned. By the way, well, Justin, I forgot to tell you, I, I attached Pete's chip to Foursquare so that every time he goes to a Philly cheesesteak place, it checks in as well. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate oh, it. That's one less that's great. step that I have to do. How is Foursquare doing <laughs> as a platform? <coughs> so, so well, I'm. Uh, <coughs> Dying. Are you the mayor of your your home right now, Alex? On Foursquare? Absolutely. I am 100% sure without checking that Foursquare still exists, in fact, and I'm not going to bother yeah. to check. Nice. That's our power. Pete, back to yeah, you. Yeah, I, I don't know. You guys have ruined me. <laughs> I did like the move of the mom finding out about everything. I thought that was very cool yeah. and well done. Also, we got a little thing with her necklace 
um, Kamala's necklace breaking. So we got the Miss Marvel symbol on there. I guess where she that's where she gets that. Um, I will <laughs> express a certain degree of frustration to the fact that she's still not in costume, but we're maybe not going to get that until like halfway through the next episode. Oh, or yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. not. I think the end. Yeah, probably the I here's my prediction right now. The last shot of the show before whatever post-credit sequence we get is going to be her sitting on the lamppost a la the comic book cover, which we've already seen in the trailer. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's what, I, that's why I'm saying. Like, I, I don't want to keep harping on this, but I want us to be a little bit more surprised by things in the, in this show and all Marvel shows than we are. So I'm ready for that full on format breaking show that doesn't hit them. These marks. You talking about you weren't surprised by Rock the Bone? I mean, that that was pretty surprising. No, no I wrote down on a piece of paper um, at the beginning of Miss Marvel, Rocked and Boned. Wow. And so that I, was on your vision oh, board in the first episode. Right. Go back and listen. Go back and listen. <laughs> and if you don't hear it there, listen to all of the episodes in Marvel Vision multiple times. Speaking of which, before we wrap up here, why don't we go to our vision board for the final episode of Miss Marvel? What do you want to see as this show wraps up, Pete? What? We only got one more up. One more app. Oh, That's it. man. Actually, just to take a quick step back, I wanted to mention in terms of format breaking, I feel like, Justin, you're going to get that with She-Hulk because we got nine episodes there. Yeah. It's yep. comedy. We don't know what's going to happen. If that somehow still does the same formula we've had for these six episode shows, very weird. But I, I think yeah. that's something different there. Pete, what's on your vision board? Uh, well, hopefully uh, Bruno and Cameron uh, survive. Um, and I'm just excited for you know people to start calling Bruno by his name. And uh, you that's know, what you're most excited about, would you say? It's uh, just no, people getting I'm, his name right. I'm also calling him Brian. I'm excited for people to get back home as this new family unit and how they're going to kind of uh, work together instead of her just kind of running off in secrecy, like how this is going to kind of all unfold. And, uh, you know, uh, hopefully uh, Cameron doesn't turn evil. Justin, what about you? What's on your vision board for the finale? Well, we got a lot of stuff to wrap up. And unlike other series is we don't have that villain if the villain is um uh i'm gonna say doom patrol but that would be a fun twist uh <laughs> is uh damage control I, I i don't we're not really don't have characters there that we're like oh no i'm scared of that one guy who was briefly behind the desk um, when he was talking. So I'm curious how the stakes are going to be high for everybody here. Um, we got some uh, love triangle potential we need to resolve with sort of like a, a square or a, a pyramid, really, because there's uh, Kamala and then there's uh, Bruno Cameron and Red Dagger. I feel like mm. she said goodbye to him, but he there's honestly, I think they have the most going on. Red Dagger and Kamala. I agree. Yeah, we didn't really talk about him this episode, but he's great. I definitely want I to like see him. more of him. Super respectful yeah. around the parents. So it was really nice to see. Absolutely. On That's my the biggest quality board. in a love interest is respect for parents, <laughs> uh, of course. Um, but I am I am curious. Just one last thing, Alex. Um, yeah. Cameron getting those powers makes me think he might be the villain that uh, or the antagonist. So I'm curious how that's going to work, and I'm curious if that is going to be a more of a setup for a future season of this show. Potentially. I this is a bit of an easy one, but I just want to see Carol Danvers show up in a post credit sequence. I think we know 
they're going into the Marvels. We know that's happening. This is one of the few shows, uh, recently at least, from Marvel where we're like, yes, we know exactly what this is feeding into. So it feels like a no-brainer to have that as a post credit sequence, whether it's Carol Danvers and Monica Rambeau or one or both of them. Just want to see that thing and how we can set up there. I think that'll create a fair amount of excitement regardless of what happens in the finale otherwise. And if you'd like to support this podcast and all of the podcasts, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to check with you about the MCU. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, stay marvelous. Get rocked, get boned. <laughs> See you next time. 